We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. And he is also the guy who wrote up the breaking news story for us at MHH today. Zach, your gut reaction to the Denver Broncos re-sign Kareem Jackson. Yeah, I don't like it. You know, I mean, it is what it is. I kind of felt like the Broncos were, they admitted they were open to it, but I feel like when they drafted J.L. Skinner, they finally moved on from Kareem. Uh, Reportedly, uh, Sean Payton was the one who kind of got the talks rolling with Jackson's camp, and they went from there. I guess he provides good leadership. You know, he can still help the team in run support, but he is so bad in pass coverage. And regardless of his presence, I, for one, Chad, am hoping, nay, praying, that Caden Stearns is the starter opposite Simmons. I guess it's a little bit of a hedge, right? Um, You mentioned yesterday, Zach, that what have you heard about? Let me just let me just ask you. What have you heard about Caden Stern's recovery from the hit? Well, it was kind of we never wrote about it, which is probably my fault. But tucked away in a Mike Kliss piece a few weeks ago, he mentioned that Caden Stern's might not be recovered in time for training camp. Mm. And at the time last year, when we heard of his hip injury, we heard that it could be degenerative, which is mm-hmm. maybe career threatening potentially. And now yeah. there's a chance he won't be ready for training camp. And you might be right. It could be a hedge against that. It could be an indictment directly on Caden Stern's ability or lack thereof. Maybe Sean Payton, Vance Joseph doesn't view Stern's as a full-time starter yet. And they're more comfortable having the devil, you know, back there in Kareem Jackson. I definitely think, especially if it comes from a guy like Mike Kliss, who is as plugged in, right? He is the mouthpiece, and I say that with all due respect. Not like Christopher Moltisante, who will say, with all due respect, and then totally disrespect you. I mean that, Zach. Christopher! Um, Mike Kliss, if it comes from Mike, you can that means it came from the team, you can take it to the bank. And if the team's telling him not too long ago that they're a little bit sketchy on whether or not Caden Stern's recovery timeline is going to make him available uh, for training camp, then that's the story. That's what it is. That That's probably one of the reasons why it's happening now. I mean, we know that there was an offer 
The Broncos put on the table for Kareem before the draft. We don't know exactly when before the draft, but there had been one that he had not pulled the trigger on. And I wonder, Zach, if really the true story here was he expressed an interest, they expressed an interest, but said, let's wait to see what happens in the draft. And then they ended up drafting a strong style safety. So it is curious, but I think, pardon me, it points right back to this whole Caden Stearns thing, who in their heart of hearts, that's who they're hoping to, you know, that's who was penciled in as the starter next to Justin Simmons. And according to Cliss, it's a one-year deal for Kareem Jackson worth $2.66 million. Um, the Broncos actually get $1.35 million in cap relief from the deal, which pushes them to about $8.5 million in available cap room. And uh, oh, there we go right there. Chase Wellner hopping in with the comment. It's a one-year deal. Same as what I just read. They had a um, four-year qualifying offer, as Cliss explains there. It's, it's not a vet minimum deal, which I think was the initial offer that we reported earlier, and they upped their offer a little bit. Like you said, it could be uh, maybe a reflection on Caden Stern's uh, availability. We will continue to break this down, but we got to say hello. We got some early super chats. Love you, Sam Bam, jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend, helping us keep the lights on here as we battle StreamYard and the vagaries that have recently, anyway, come with using this as a platform. We love StreamYard, but it's been a little bit of a pickle lately. But Sam, love you, big dog. He says, evening, Chad, Zach, and Scott. Looking forward to the schedule being released Thursday. Any leaks and rumors thus far go Broncos? Yes, we're stoked too because, Zach, we're going to be live streaming literally as it's being unveiled. So you guys are going to get to uh, partake in the live gut reaction like in real time with us. But what have you heard on this front for Sam? Well, we'll know. I mean, the schedule will slowly drip out on Thursday before it even officially drops Thursday evening. So we'll probably have an idea of who the Broncos week one opponent is. I have not heard anything rumor-wise about Denver. I've heard some rumors about other NFL teams, like who Kansas City might open up against, the games in Germany. Though it's interesting, I wonder, you have the Aaron Rodgers Jets and you have the Broncos on their schedule. Could that be a week one game? Maybe Mahomes opening up at home versus the Broncos and Sean Payton. That would be exciting. And also, the Broncos are scheduled to play Detroit this year. Is this the season the Broncos are on Thanksgiving Day, primetime TV? I want to say the last time the Broncos were on Thanksgiving, and any of you who are true Bronco historians, correct me if I'm wrong on this in the chat, but I want to say the last Bronco Thanksgiving game, or maybe it's just the last one I remember, but it was that game, what was it, 03-4? It, it was either 3-4 or 5, 03-4 or 5, where Ron Dane went off the hook a reclamation project, former Heisman winner that the Broncos scooped up and went off the hook and the Broncos defeated the Dallas Cowboys. Was that the last time? I don't know. Someone correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that would be rad, Zach, to see the Broncos uh, on on uh, Thanksgiving. I mean, make our lives a little bit more complicated for uh, enjoying that particular holiday because we'd be doing our gut reaction pod, but I'll take it all day long. Yeah, I mean, we've worked late Monday night games. We've worked Christmas Day games. It comes with the territory. Uh, that It's not a gimme matchup by any means, though. I really like what Dan Campbell's doing over there in Detroit, and I feel like it would be two smash-mouth teams in the Broncos and Lions facing off. As a football fan, I'd want to see that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Amen. David McElrath in the house, the one known as Papa Bear. It's great to see you, my friend. Love you. Appreciate your support, not just with the supers, not just with being in the chat, but we're connected on Facebook and I see him always sharing the pods, taking it that extra step. And that's how you know he's a true OG and in the in the in the MHH manger for sure in the inner circle. He's saying good evening to everybody, also including, of course, Dylan and the Deacon Scott. He says. Jackson will uh, be awesome for our rookie class, MHH for life. Buckham, Denver Broncos for life. Thank you, David. And that is a great point. I'm glad you brought it up. What what does he what does Kareem offer at this stage in his career? Long in the tooth, gray in the beard, but what he might Zach um, lack in you know that speed, the coverage ability, he makes up for with the football brain. And a big part of that is his leadership quality. Always been known as a very, very good leader. And I think he understands, too, probably it's been spoken uh, in this deal to come back, that, Kareem, we need you to mentor the, this young core we have. Because, you know, Stearns will be back at some point, uh, knock on wood, whether it's in time for camp or not, Zach. He's young. What is it, year three for him? Uh, P.J. Locke's still young and, and inexperienced. And then, of course, J.L. Skinner coming in as a fresh Sixth round pick, and then last year's late round pick, Deller and Turner, uh, Turner Yell, Kareem, help us mentor these guys as a as a you know parting service because I got to believe this is this is the last one. I mean, here's my straw man though. Isn't that what Simmons is for? He's the decorated safety. He's the highly paid safety. Shouldn't he be the mentor? Uh, I don't know what Kareem Jackson can teach the players. Leadership, Chad, is innate. You either have that or you don't. You can't learn to be a leader. He can help them maybe with uh, tackling or run support or knocking out his own teammates. Kareem Jackson's pretty good at that, Chad. But I think overall it's a dimebacker role for KJ and VJ's defense. Remember, VJ coached uh, Kareem in Houston 
as a cornerback back in 2010, I think. So I forgot any, about that. That's a good point. There's some there's some connection there, and I feel like in an early mm. down dimebacker role, put him in the box on running downs. I feel like Kareem Jackson could be useful, but if you have him on there in third and long playing coverage, guarding a receiver, it's not going to turn out well. Michael Ronquillo in the house, throwing down, standing up, showing out. We appreciate you, Mike. It's great to see you in the chat tonight. All your support means the world to us. You know this. And look who it is from across the pond, Marcus Lewis Henna. Great to see you on Facebook, my friend. Thank you for the support. He says, hey, guys, respect to you and all Bronco fans. Love and peace from the U.K. Very, very cool. Great to see you, Marcus. Uh, thank you for being with us tonight. Rock Chalk Broncos also jumping in with a super chat. Thank you, my friend, saying KJAX is a great locker room guy and a leader, but he has lost a step <clears throat> Pardon me. in the twilight of his career. I like him being brought back, but only for depth and not as a starter. Go Broncos, MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. I feel you, but he wouldn't be brought back if they didn't plan on starting him. He's going to, you know, he might be uh, like third big nickel stuff where he's the third safety yeah. on the field, but I would be a little bit surprised, maybe not stunned, but I'd be a little bit surprised, Zach, if he's not your day one starter just because the pedigree um, – you know, who could you really point to besides Justin Simmons in that depth chart right now as being better or more deserving of starting day one than Kareem Jackson? It'd be hard to argue against that. Maybe I'm just being contrarian, but I would rather have P.J. Locke start than Kareem Jackson. Because if you start Kareem, yeah, the intangibles, the leadership, again, it doesn't help you on third and long. It doesn't help you against Travis Kelsey. It doesn't help you against the better passing attacks in the NFL. And if they want to use him sparingly, that's fine. But even then, you're taking reps away from Caden Stearns. You're taking reps away from J.L. Skinner. You're taking reps away from P.J. Locke. I'm of the mind. I know Scott agrees as well. I want the young players to get the reps they sorely need. That's how you develop the long-term starter and not the one-year Band-Aid that is Kareem Jackson. Well said and a good point. Opethians, great to see you in the chat tonight. Wow, yeah. The Lady D with Ooh. a top rope super chat. Thank and you. by the way, I was going through curating our comments earlier today because, you know, you got to – sometimes people say real mean things that are uh, a step or two beyond being mean on in YouTube comments that go into can't have that in our community type stuff. And so go through and I curate the comments. And what do I see from last night's stream after the fact was a super thanks – from the Lady D, and now here she is, top rope. This is why she's Mount Rushmore. We love you, Deanna. Thank you. She's saying, evening, Chad, Zach, and Scott. Uh, evening, Broncos country. Love y'all. Would love to see, she says, the Broncos on Thanksgiving. MHH for life. Bridge the gap and buck them. Yes, the, how cool would that be? How cool would that be? I would love to see it. It's They're about due. They're about due for that, Zach. So who knows? Maybe you're, maybe you're on to something here. Maybe there's a snowball's chance of Broncos – Lions being a Thanksgiving matchup. The Broncos will have primetime games. I don't think they're going to max out like last year, and I'm a little wary still of the Broncos playing in primetime. They're, they're going to be better under Sean Payton. I shouldn't be that apprehensive, but I'm still, until they prove themselves on the field, I don't want to see the whole country watch the Broncos get you know embarrassed or lose a game. Gary, brother, your jersey was ordered, so we got it. Um, it's a, It was a good choice. I got to say, you know, from a cork-sniffing, taste-making perspective, you made a really good selection on your uh, jersey that you won last night. So I would guess first and next week sometime is probably when you'll see it. But the order is in, my friend. Thank you for the super chat tonight. 
says, hey, guys, I love the move. KJAX will be a great mentor and leader. Go Broncos. And look, I'm of a mind here, Zach, to basically I'm sharing a brain here with Gary, and that is that, you know, in other circumstances where you had maybe a little bit more sample size to hedge against with Caden Stearns or even a fully healthy Caden Stearns, maybe I would view it as a uh, more unnecessary move, bringing KJAX back. And I understand the sentiment of, hey, you're taking away valuable developmental reps from the young guys. But KJAX, look, the, the Broncos don't want to try to necessarily develop this year. They want to win. They want to hedge against the big dubs. And I don't know. You can. There's an argument to be made whether or not Kareem Jackson gives you a better chance uh, to win on a, on a game day than if Caden Stearns was in there, P.J. Locke, you know, J.L. Skinner. You, there's arguments to be made there, but I take the the glass half full on this one as well with Gary that, hey, even if he's not the same player he was even three years ago when the Broncos signed him, Vic Fangio's first season, um, he, I think he can make up for that with his his leadership and, and hopefully mentoring these young guys. Then become a safeties coach. Become a defensive backs coach. I, I mean, I want the best players on the field, and it's a passing league. It's not a run-oriented league. I understand the leadership, and if they use him sparingly, I'm fine with that. But here's my concern. Caden Stearns was healthy last year. What did the Broncos do? They brought back KJ and grandfathered him into the starting role and made Caden Stearns the third safety. He needs a legit shot. If he's healthy, it's a big if. He needs to be the starter. He has the potential. We've seen glimpses. We've seen the tape. He is a perfect complement to Justin Simmons in a 2023 NFL league. Kareem Jackson is not in the 2023 league with his passing coverage deficiencies. Hey, if Caden Stearns manages to um, be healthy enough to contribute, he's talented enough. We've seen it, man, where he's talented enough to to maybe out-compete KJX for a starting job. It's just a matter of is he going to have that wind uh, behind his sails in time to make, you know, for that kind of a decision. We'll see. Mike Reno on Facebook, what's going on, big dog? Great to see you. Thank you. He's saying thank you to everyone in Broncos country for sharing the post. We love you all. Yes, indeed. Much love and respect, Mike. And by the way, uh, Kareem Jackson, Zach, his overall grade. Look, quick disclaimer, pro football focus grades. Generally speaking, we don't read too much into them here at MHH. They can be uh, quite subjective, and honestly, they don't always hold water or add up. But for the sake of our conversation here, Thank you, Scott, for digging this up. He was the 52nd ranked safety in the league last year with an overall cumulative grade of 64.5. But his run support grade, Zach, was in the green, 71.3. And then against the pass, 60.9 for whatever that's worth. So the Broncos just re-signed basically, you know, bottom third strong safety in the NFL uh, in Kareem Jackson. Out of 88 qualifiers, I, I put that in the story as well. Again, he's good in run support, and he's pretty terrible terrible in pass coverage. He's fallen off a cliff for at least two years now. Hopefully the Broncos and VJ realizes that and uses him where he belongs on running downs. Colby, yes, uh, we're continuing to, to break down the whole Kareem Jackson thing. So, um, But, yeah, we opened with the show, so anything you might have missed, uh, go back and, and rewind it. It's great to see you, Triple C. Uh, Phil, down in Tucson, love you, big dog. Thank you. 
He's saying good evening, Chad Zach and Deacon Scott. I think he says the 2009 uh, Denver Broncos beat the Giants 26-6 on Thanksgiving. Okay, okay. Go Broncos. Buckham, 2009. And Phil's saying the first Thanksgiving game was in 62 with Jack Faulkner as coach. I'm trying to picture that 2009 game. I mean, by the time you got to Thanksgiving, the wheels had started to come off. I'll remind everybody, that was Josh McDaniel's maiden season in Denver, and it started off with a bang. After all the controversy of the offseason, trading Jay Cutler and all that stuff, he looked like you know the smartest dude in the room to open the season. They went 6-0, and um, and then it just fell apart. It just fell apart. They were living on borrowed time, you know, whistling past the graveyard, and eventually that bill came due. So maybe I'm just blocking out that 2009 Thanksgiving game with the Giants, but uh, appreciate you mentioning it. We'll look into that. Thanks, Phil. There's probably a good reason for that, Chad. I'm on the uh, 2009 Broncos wiki page right now. They beat the Giants, and then the next week they beat Kansas City 44-13 and then lost their last four games to close out the year. So that's why. Two things from that. Was it then, in fact, a Thanksgiving game? Yes. Okay. So that next game, that was the famous, uh, was it? Actually, I'm pretty sure. 44-13 against the Chiefs. That was when uh, Todd, what's his name? Uh, Haley. Todd Haley shook his finger at uh, Josh McDaniels for, ostensibly anyway, running up the score in the fourth quarter. That dude was insane. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a little bit off his rocker. He was like, I, I remember like reading or writing a story back in the day. Like he, he had the Kansas city locker rooms like bugged or he thought they were being bugged and he had swept for like listening devices. He was ultra paranoid. That is, that dude is uh, a couple fries short of a happy meal. <laughs> I like that. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Todd Haley. Those were the good old days though. When the Chiefs sucked, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. didn't get much better after that for a while either, but uh, let's see. Was it Todd Haley that immediately preceded Andy Reid? I think he was. I think he was. Yeah, him and uh, who was the old uh, Patriots front office guy that ended up? Scott Pioli. Thank you. Yeah, Scott Pioli uh, was the GM, and they got ran out of town. John Dorsey, GM. Andy Reid came in, I think, was that 2012, I want to say. But um, – Oh, no. Where is the mics? Bring that up, Scott. I didn't see that. Let's see this. Uh, we got some some good news here on uh, the mic front. He's saying thank you to everyone for – now, th- what this is about, I was still thinking football. I'm thinking Kareem Jackson. He's talking about those – his wife. Look, here we go. Got a most heavenly update on my beautiful wife's condition. She has found a – Live kidney donor, which is great news. Congratulations. That is so cool. Prayers are answered. Dreams come true. Really happy to hear that, Mike. So give her our best, uh, my friend. Really, really great news. God bless you and your wife, Mike. All the best. Awesome. And thank you for updating us. Uh, We do appreciate appreciate that because I know a lot of people were concerned for you and she. So thanks, bud. Really good news. That's good vibes. I'm loving that. Um, Ed Keating here real quick. He's, he's making a prediction. It's good to see you in the chat tonight, my friend. Uh, Ed Keating is, you guys know, he goes way back with us. Ed's been 
throwing down, supporting us at MHH from the time we started doing these live streams. And he even helps out MHH as a moderator of the Superfan Facebook page, or group, I should say, which is something 11,000 strong. It's, it's, no, it's no mean task curating that because people uh, can get wild when you start accumulating numbers like that. But he's saying, Zach, we're going to beat the Chiefs this year. Book it. I hope so. I want to believe it. I, I, I think that this is the year. I'm hoping. I'm feeling good. Let me put it this way. I'm stumbling over my words here, but I'm feeling good about this is the year the streak comes to an end because Sean Payton is not a gimme. He's not a pushover. He's not a sucker. He's going to find those threads, the weak links, and he's going to exploit them. And I'm telling you, we already know that we've got a defense that can at least hang with Patrick Mahomes. And by that, I just simply mean like, limit him to an extent where we have struggled as a, as a fan base watching the Denver Broncos is, since the 13 and 0 started or whatever it is now is there was no offensive compliment to that. And Zach, I'm feeling like this is when this is the year that changes. I think you're going to see the Broncos. They might not be some massive juggernaut because that's not the style per se Sean Payton's going for, but they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I think offensively, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, I'll book it, but I'm going to get uh, traveler's insurance with it just in case I change my mind at the last second. I've been saying, as of you and a lot of Broncos fans and Broncos media, this is the year, this is the year, this is the year. Until we see the Broncos in action, Kansas City still reigns supreme, unfortunately. Though, Chad, really quickly, we have another great Deanna uh, contribution. Just want to finish up my thought. I saw a clip of Drew Locke rushing for I hate to say his name. Just bear with me for a second. Drew Locke rushing for two touchdowns against Kansas City a few years ago, and it made me realize how close, how many several times the Broncos were this much away from finally taking down Kansas City, even last year, and ending that streak. This year definitely could happen, though I'll believe it when I see it. I think back to that Case Keen- the first Case Keenum uh, uh, Chiefs matchup DT. where he sailed it over DT. Prayers up for DT, RIP. Yeah. But think about this. Even if he had connected on that pass, Zach, and the Broncos defeated the Chiefs, one, the 19, 20, 21, 22, so that's eight. We'd still be talking about a nine-game winning streak the Chiefs would have on the Broncos. So Lady D with a second top rope super chat. Love you so much. She's saying, I just want the Broncos to win against KC, and then God bless you and your wife talking to Mike here and family. Uh, I'm sure, and and everybody, but yeah, very sweet of you. Thank you, Deanna, and I'm sure I'm sure Mike is uh, stoked to hear that as well. So look, the props he's getting in the in the community. Uh, and speaking of prayers, I got to tell you, you know, you hear people derisively say, "Oh, thoughts and prayers," like a tragedy happens, and they, oh, you know, what good is that doing? It makes a difference. I'm I'm here to tell you, and this is a good, you know, Mike's. What's what the new development with his wife and finding that kidney is a great example of that. Uh, someone who could use some thoughts and some prayers is Lance Sanderson's grandpa. All right, his uh, his grandpa is going through a tough situation. I'm not gonna necessarily spill all the beans on it, but uh, his grandpa could really use some thoughts and prayers. Larry is his name, Grandpa Larry. That's how you can mention him. Uh, so thoughts and prayers up to to Lance, his grandpa, and that whole family. They need some they need some strengthening right now too. Yeah, it doesn't it have to be even a religious context. Prayers do work, and we definitely will be thinking of uh, Lance's grandpa. Amen. Um, but yeah, I want to see uh, I want to see heads roll with KC. I, I thought it was cool um, 
that same Good Morning Football segment appearance that Pat Sertan had last week that uh, we were talking about a little bit last night. Um, Keith Cummings had an article pulling out another one of his quotes from that same appearance, but it was on the topic of Patrick Mahomes, and it was kind of interesting what he had to say, but I'll paraphrase it. Basically, he's he's giving him his props. I mean, you got all, that's all you can do, right, is, is give the props, especially if you're – You've got class, and as we know, PS2, he's got class. But he's saying that he's a magician and that it's one thing basically to watch film on uh, Mahomes and, and some of the passes he completes, you're just going, what? But he's like basically saying to be out there in first person and see it in the flesh is a whole other thing entirely. So he was giving props to Patrick Mahomes, which when you get broached that subject, you know, you do it with a plum, you do it with class kill him with kindness, right? And don't give him any bulletin board material. And once again, PS2 didn't rise to the bait, handled himself like a pro. I don't see how you can clown Patrick Mahomes, except for maybe his voice or his brother or his wife. But the guy, you know, everyone was preying on his downfall last year, and he responds by winning another Super Bowl and uh, looking pretty convincing along the way as the MVP. It doesn't mean the Broncos can't take them down. Like I mentioned, they've been really, really close the last couple of years, and hopefully with better coaching and quarterback play, they can get over the hump. I want to uh, also, in this same article, which was a good job by Keith to, to drag this up because, um, you know, this was a current event comment, just came out, you know, from an appearance a couple of days ago. Um, it was a good reminder, Zach, of what Patrick Sertan, and then we'll grab Albert, said, or pardon me, what Mahomes actually said about Sertan before they ever faced off. So this was not long after the Broncos drafted uh, Sertan out of Alabama in 2021. And I just want to read this. It's really interesting. It goes, this is Mahomes also showing uh, graciousness. He says, quote, first off, he's physically, he has all the talent you could possibly want. He's tall, he's fast, he's big, he's physical. And then you can tell his dad was a player. You can tell those guys that they're smart. They understand the game. Even for a rookie, he has a veteran mindset. He understands what they're trying to do as a defense. He's someone you definitely have to know where he's at every single play, and he's getting better and better each and every week, close quote. So game respect game, game recognized game. Two pretty consummate professionals on and off the field. Say what you want about Mahomes, but I do like the respect that both sides show. All right, let's grab Albert, the uh, mile-high duchy. Um it's great to see Albert. We love Albert. He's one of our favorite. He, he and his wife, Michelle, are two of our favorite people um, that have we've been graced with crossing paths because of MHH. They're seriously just two of the best human beings on the planet Earth. So, Albert, it's great to see you. Uh, appreciate you, my friend. He's saying what to say about KJAC. Something positive, veteran leadership in the locker room. And then, of course, he's also mentioning uh, for Lance, using some could use some prayers for Lance and his, his grandpa's family. So appreciate the reinforcement on that, Albert. And, yeah, you get that, vet, that veteran leadership in the locker room. We'll see how much that avails the Broncos on game day. Um, but uh, there are other options. It's like Yoda. There is another. There are other options besides Luke Skywalker. You know, turned out Luke was all they needed, and they were good to go, Zach. But uh, in the case of the Denver Broncos, you, there's Caden Stearns, there's Turner Yell, there's uh, J.L. Skinner, and uh, Caden – did I already say Caden Stearns? P.J. Lock. I'll take your word for it about Star Wars. Um, the, the thing is, the, that's the only thing you can 
positively say about Kareem Jackson, though? His leadership and uh, veteran locker room presence. Again, he's decent against the run, but you do not want him out there in third down. I'm okay with the signing as long as he's taken off the field on passing downs. There are some, though, Zach, that are leaning more towards your outlook, like Dan on Facebook saying, just another dumb George Payton signing. Denver just can't seem to find the right GM. K-Jax was one of the worst safeties last year. K-Jackson is old, washed up, and truth be told, I hope that he is buried on the death chart. It should be time for Simmons and Caden Stern. So it's, a little look, it's hard It's it's hard to uh, debate it when, like, for example, with the PFF rankings, he's 52nd ranked safety in the NFL last year, and throw those away, like the eye test. What did the eye test show you from yeah. Kareem? Step late, right? Um, a little reckless with, with his hitting. Um, just not that impact player. And I remember, Zach, in uh, 2020. So this was this was the year after, so his second year in Denver. And actually, it might have been 2019, but we were podcasting live. We were talking about this, and he had missed a couple of games. It was either 20 or 19. I, I don't have the schedule in front of me. But he had missed a game, maybe two, and it was still relatively early in the season. It was like week six-ish. And the Broncos went on the road to play uh, the Chargers. And he came back for that game. And his presence on the field, yeah, it was that big. Uh, do you remember the coming out party for Alexander Johnson when he had that pick and the, that big oh, game? yeah. It was that same game. And we were talking about. Who was that against? Houston? The palpable, no, it was the Chargers. The palpable difference and impact that Kareem Jackson had on the field, like his presence when he was gone, man, it was rough. Then when he's back, boom, you could measure it with the eye test. But after 2020, I mean, he's got two seasons now, Zach, of relatively forgettable play. So two good ones, uh, two not-so-good ones. 2020 is a lifetime ago in the NFL. You know, I agree. I remember that game, and K-Jax was very serviceable. He really was a decent starter at safety, converting from cornerback, but he's too much of a liability in pass coverage. And again, that's where the NFL goes nowadays. It's not a run-oriented league. I wouldn't go as far as the original comment because I'm not knocking George Payton for this move. I don't think he's one of the worst GMs. And this was, by all accounts, a Sean Payton move because Payton was the one that got the ball rolling reportedly in contract talks to make it happen. So we'll see how it shakes out. Hey, Dan, um, we'll have our agent reach out to uh, <laughs> Roger Goodell about Bridge the Gap on the Super Bowl halftime show. We'll see if we can make that happen for you, my dog. Uh, love it, though. Thank you, big, big, uh, big dog. I saw one here, Zach. Have you heard this from Ed saying he saw that the commanders are going to be week one in Denver? I hadn't seen that. I don't know where that's coming from, but if so, what do you think? I would love it, honestly, because that would be 1-0 for Denver. I have such little confidence in what the commanders could do this year. They don't have much talent, I think, on other si either side of the ball, and they're going to be in contention for a top-five pick in 2024. So I, if they don't open up in prime time, the commanders would be a – easier game to kick off the season with yes indeed talk about you know softening it up early getting you some confidence out of the gates with uh, the new regime that would be a, t a fortuitous opening uh, matchup flazify what's going on big dog thank you for the super chat he says hey chad and zach thoughts on the backup swing tackle situation it's scary to think that if bulls or mcglinchy goes down christian delario or isaiah prince could be starting Will the Broncos look to free agency? 
really, really salient point, my friend. This is something that I've been talking about since the draft, that that's really the the only nit I'm going to pick in, in this particular draft class for the Broncos was no offensive tackle. Um, I think they'll end up signing one, to be honest with you, but it's probably one of those situations where there's just not a guy out there right now Peyton wants for that slot, and so, or at least not ideal. So he's going to wait till some of the uh, attrition of training camp and the cuts and stuff start happening, and then he'll bring in use a little Evan Mathis money that they've got rat hold uh, to bring in a tackle then. So that's the, that's the two spots that really give me any reason to kind of keep me up at night, Zach, is swing tackle and edge, which, by the way, Mike Evans had a phenomenal piece today breaking down how the Broncos might come to rue their decision up to this point anyway to neglect outside linebacker this offseason. You know, it keeps me up at night, the fact that the Broncos haven't drafted a pure tackle since Garrett Bowles in, in 2017. It's been that long. I don't understand the reticence toward addressing that position, but finally they got a right tackle in Mike McGlinchey who should be useful beyond one season. It says to me the fact that they're overlooking it to this point. You're right about that. They could be waiting for training camp and some veteran releases to happen, or Sean Payton, George Payton, and Zach Streif, the OL coach, are confident that one of the young guys, whether it's Deloro or uh, Isaiah Prince, or Casey Tucker, for example, could develop into a um, serviceable backup. I love this from Mike. I'm hoping it's week one, that it's the Chiefs, and we beat their ass. Amen, bro. That would be, whether it's week one or week whatever, well, let's hope that's how it shakes out. Munch Master, this is a newer name, Zach, on uh, Super Chat. I don't ever recall saying those words in my entire life. Speaking my language. Welcome, big dog. Uh, he says, hoping K-Jack doesn't stunt the growth of the young dudes. If JL uh, Skinner, the rookie, six-rounder, is his in his current physical shape, can rip dudes, imagine what K-Jack could teach him, as well as NFL strength training. Hashtag JerBear for head scout. JerBear for head scout. I'm not sure about that, uh, what that super chat means, but or the uh, hashtag means, but what do you think, Zach? Um, hoping that he doesn't stunt the growth of the of the younger guys. I mean, that's essentially what you're worried about yourself, yeah. right? Is that unfortunately uh, holding guys back that need to play? That's the only way you know if you have a viable starter, if you have something there, is to let them go out there and play and get the reps. You're never going to learn on the bench. You're never going to learn by someone else telling you how to do it or what to do. You go out there and you do it. That's how you learn good or bad. You can't teach strength training, though, to your uh, point, Munchmaster. What the, the, bigger, the bigger benefactor will be the Broncos not having Lauren Landau as their uh, conditioning coach and moving into Bo Lowry territory. But however KJAX is used, hopefully VJ has a plan for him. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that there's – I don't think there's enough proven – and I get this – you know, there's an argument for both sides, but I just don't think there's enough – proven available guys to uh really be that worried about kjack coming back on a it's it's a relatively team-friendly deal right even two and a half million bucks like for a starting a, a guy with what is it is it 15 years in the league 14 whatever it is 2010 first round 35 pick. 35 years old like i don't i don't hate it i don't mind it it's real. i think it's solid insurance but I will at least meet you guys at the point of I hope it doesn't have the unintended consequence of 
holding guys back, and it's specifically Caden Stearns. I'm still curious to see what uh, Deller and Turner Yell can become. We didn't really get much of anything out of him as a rookie last year other than a little bit of special teams action. P.J. Locke, cool story. You know, they found him as a kind of practice squad futures guy, and he tenaciously earned the love and respect of the coaching staff and the front office, and they brought him back. Uh, and also, I guess, too, Zach, one guy we, we got to factor into this conversation, um, Isang Bassey, almost butchered his name, who they brought back. Now, he's more of a nickel type of guy, but they, at least under Vic Fangio, he played a lot of that strong safety type role that Kareem Jackson does. And don't forget, Riley Moss can play safety as well. Even if he starts out a cornerback, he has that position flexibility. I, I think they're well enough there with the younger players. I understand the need for one more veteran. And if they can use KJ in a designated hitter role, no pun intended or full pun intended, I, I would not mind that. But he should not be in the starting lineup based on the fact that he's Kareem Jackson and has longevity. That, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, like, like Scott's saying here, I get it. Yeah, he's okay but we didn't get better. You didn't really upgrade the position per se. It's more of a hedge, right? It's more of a um, better to have and not need than need and not have type of signing. Um, but guys, we're at 37 minutes, so we still got a little bit of time ahead of us, but if you have any burning topics, get them in the chat. Zach, I wanted to uh, pick your brain on the article you wrote earlier this morning. Um, well, first, George. Thank you, George. Great to see you, big dog. K-Jack can only be a good leader for the young guys. He's lost too many steps. Denver Rocks for life, MHH for life. Thanks for the great pod. So, yeah, I would say it kind of seems to be, from what we're seeing in the chat, pretty much split down the middle, Zach, of people going, yeah, it's a good thing. Bring him back. What, what do you got to lose? And people going, ah, it's going to – what more does he have to offer? It's going to impact the young guys developing. Kind of a uh, hung jury, as it were. If Sean Payton signs off on it, I hate to be this like uh, subservient to Sean Payton, but I do feel like in Payton we should trust. And uh, the Broncos, they've looked pretty good at assembling the roster so far, a collection of youthful talent and veterans. And if they use KJ correctly, I don't have a problem with it. But again, if they just grant him the starting job, that is uh, going backward. Zach, headline from you today. Report, Broncos, quote, team to watch for free agent running back Kareem Hunt. Now, this is a topic we briefly um, scratched the surface of anyway last night. What is this about? How much veracity is there to it? And do you think they, they save a little or, or budget a little money to throw at another proven or experienced veteran running back? Well, they've already created $1.35 million by re-signing KJ, according to Mike Kliss. That should put them at about $8.5 million in cap room, which is enough for Kareem Hunt. Um, they are reportedly, per Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, a team to watch, like you said, and a return to the Browns is not out of the question. It does make some sense, and I, I said this a couple weeks ago. I feel like the Broncos' inactivity at running back, bypassing the position, and leaving Tony Jones right now as the RB2 meant they have another trick up their sleeve. And maybe that trick is Kareem Hunt. Um, don't forget the new Broncos running backs coach, Lou Ianni, was the uh, running backs coach at Toledo where Hunt right. first started to blossom until he got to the pros. So there is some – it makes sense on paper, but there is a report that he lost a step in Cleveland last year. That's why he's been unsigned. He's getting up there in age. He doesn't have a lot of 
or he has a lot of tread on the tires or doesn't have whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? A lot yeah, of carries yeah. under his uh, belt and you wonder how much he has left. But until uh, Pookie gets healthy, the Broncos could do a lot worse than having Kareem Hunt, who is an excellent pass catcher out of the backfield as their number two. And that's what I'm saying is a, a, a more proven backup guy that you're not going to hate it if you get Javante back kind of ahead of schedule and you need to to cut him or you know save some cap room or whatever. You bring him in similar to the K-Jack thing, except no, not necessarily with an eye towards starting, as insurance, as a hedge. Um, I wouldn't hate it. I know he's got a little bit of a sordid history, but I wouldn't hate it. Nick Hale, this is a really good point on the Kareem. This is actually a sticks in my craw a little bit with Kareem. If K-Jack can go back to tackling 101, learn to wrap up, he might contribute a little bit, maybe. Ha-ha. Indeed, dude. That's the biggest problem with Kareem is he goes and he lays that wood, right? He's like a freaking heat-seeking missile. And if it doesn't fell the tree, SOL, that, you know, he doesn't wrap up. It's one, you know, you got to lay that hit and wrap up like Steve Atwater. That's what, that's, that, that's exactly how you do it. Him and Drew Sanders should go to school for tackling. They both could use it. Was Kareem involved in the play with Sam Darnold where Simmons whiffed as yeah, well against both the of Jets? Them. Were, it was mostly a bad reflection on Simmons, but yes, they were both exploited in that long, rambling touchdown jaunt. Uh, what was that, 2020? 2020, yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's the only thing you could talk about with Kareem to Albert Knopper's comment, like his veteran leadership. He's not good against the pass. He's had tackling woes. He's, he's definitely up there in age. All he is is a glue guy for the locker room, and that's what he should remain. On the subject of Kareem Hunt, Lady D weighing in Deanna. yet again with authority. Thank you, Deanna. Top rope, elbow coming down, bam, but an elbow of love, of course. That's <laughs> Lady D's style. Thank you so much, Deanna. So generous of you. She says, great show as always. Guys, thank you. I hope they get Hunt. Have a great week, everyone. MHH for life. Yes, yes. Have a, It's going to be a great week. I mean, Zach and I, we're off tomorrow as far as the pod goes and uh, Wednesday. But the Broncos are kicking off rookie minicamp. Hopefully a little something comes out of that for us that we can all sink our teeth into. And then Thursday night when we do return to the microphone, we get the official NFL Broncos 2023 regular season schedule unveiling. That's going to be dope. So I'm sure we'll see you there, Lady D, but thank you so much. And we will have more information about the meet and greet for this year after the schedule drops. And yep. Deanna, we hope you can make it. Uh, I agree with you, though. I do want Kareem Hunt. That's the Kareem I want on the Broncos, not Jackson. I would prefer Kareem Hunt much more than Zeke Elliott as well. He has more uh, gas left in the tank. And again, dual threat running back. He's good at pass pro. He can run the ball, obviously, and he's a great receiver out of the backfield. If they get him on a one-year deal, low guarantees, I'd be all for it. <laughs> Look, Lady D, you're awesome. Uh, I got to draw everyone's attention to a phenomenal, uh, a phenomenal, it's like a set and a close. If anyone's ever tried their hand at salesmanship, you got to set them up and then you got to close the deal. Uh, Nathan, or Nathoffin, Nathoffin Noble, the only guy I'd let date my daughter is Drew Locke. Dot, 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 Todd Ostendorf. Why? Because he can't score. <laughs> Damn. Rim shot. And Savage. as Dylan says, served that one up, softballed that one up to you, Todd. Yes, well done. Um, 
well done. Sorry, I just had that. That made me um, giggle a little bit. So I thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd make sure everyone got a chance to enjoy that little joke. Mike here saying J.L. Skinner should be the player to wear the number mm. zero. He wore the zero for the Boise State Broncos. Is that allowed under the new Jersey rules? Zero is allowed, so maybe he'll uh, keep precedent and keep that that same jersey number. Um, and thank you, Mike. Seriously, big boy stars throwing down like that. We love you, brother. Uh, don't know what we'd do without you. And I'm sure we'll be seeing you in our Twitter mentions after the show too, because you're just you're that guy, loyal, passionate, outgoing, knowledgeable. You're a prince. Speaking of jersey numbers, they dropped uh, last week, and uh, Samaj P. Ryan took 25, and hopefully he's a little more reliable than the last 25 the Broncos had. Yeah, and as I was writing that article up, because, you know, it's been slow news, so I'm grabbing anything, we're grabbing anything we can find relative to the Broncos. Um, I'm like, yeah, but not the greatest recent juju, you know, associated with the number 25, but there have been some great 25s, most recently, of course, being Chris Harris Jr. But at the running back position. Didn't Jamal was, Charles wear that in Denver? Jamal Charles is the only other guy in recent canon that is noteworthy anyway. And uh, started off optimistic and then. That quickly changed. Freaking fumbled against his own <laughs> old team. Can't make it up. Prime man. time. Can't make it up. And he just it, it could never get back on the horse after that. But uh, uh, Scott bringing up here, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt has 895 career carries. Eight running backs from that class have more carries with Joe Mixon having 1,300 carries. So I guess what, what he's trying to say here is relative to the, the running backs from the class, he does have probably a little bit more tread on the tire um, than you might think. He also has over 200 receptions as well. I, I realize that's why I said he has a little more gas, gas left in the tank, especially compared to someone like Zeke Elliott, but you're not getting a fresh out of the box, 21 year old running back. So you have to kind of pay accordingly. Taylor Christensen in the house. Love you, big dog. Thank you for the super chat. My friend, very generous. He's saying, Hey guys, clarifying what I said the other day. I hope all wide receivers that their game improves with the uh, wide receiver drafted. So that's Marvin Mims Jr. But Cortland Sutton is the one who needs to improve the most. And I believe in him that he will go Broncos, MHH for life. Love that, dude. Um, you know what? Cortland Sutton, he has such a great opportunity this year because Sean Payton loves those feeding the ball to those possession-style guys whether it's Michael Thomas, whether it was Marcus Colston before him. So if he can't turn the ship around this year, then that'll be that. Um, <laughs> that'll be that. What do you think, Zach? He does need to improve the most. And I, I tweeted uh, when he when the Broncos drafted Mims that, you know, see a Cortland Sutton, nice to know you. And uh, I hope that's not the case for this season because I do want to see what an entire supporting cast looks like for Russell Wilson and what Russell Wilson and Sean Payton can do with that. But someone's going to have to go, you know, entering 2024 after this season because you can't afford to pay them all. You can't allocate that much uh, resource to one position, whether it's Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, 
maybe even Jerry and Judy, they're not going to be able to keep all of them. And that's why I feel like the MIM selection was made in the first place. Preemptive. Um, yeah. Bob Morris wrote about that very topic, Zach, yesterday. Or was it Sunday? It, yeah, yesterday was Sunday. Uh, very good read. His insights, just breaking down cap stuff and just, you know, contract issues, second to none. Uh, so go read that. But his key takeaway is, like you said, something's got to give. So one guy can't, especially with Jerry Judy getting nearly a 5X raise starting right. in 2024, something's got to give. But Nick saying, and I share his pain on this. I really do. He says, guys, this offseason has been such a tease. The wait for a head coach and now the wait for practices and media, it's been brutal. I guess I just can't wait until football season and some media conferences so thankful for all you guys, dude. Keep my fire and all your fans fire for the Broncos ignited. Love you, fellas. Right back at you, big dog. We really appreciate the sentiment. And uh, whether they're, you know, whether we got real news to break down or not, it's just like 2020, Zach, when the pandemic hit, and we we didn't know if there was going to be a season, uh, and there was nothing going on. Like they canceled the off-season programs, they canceled everything. You would think that that would have been more brutal than right now. But for whatever reason, we had no problems getting through that off that particular off season as sketchy as it was. This kind of became everything we all lived for. There was nothing to really get us by. And that's basically what the approach we're going to try and take this same off season is Sean Payton's not giving us any access outside of what he is absolutely mandated by NFL law to give. And uh, we just got to make some lemonade out of that. Adapt or die. That's one thing I've really learned in this industry. You got to roll with the punches or you get knocked out. And I feel like we have, but it's because of comments like that, Nick, and support like that, love like that, that it's why we do this. It's why we have this podcast. It's for you guys. It's because of you guys. And it's uh, powered by you guys. Definitely appreciate it. Albert says, I think Sutton gets traded post June 1, which would save the Broncos some money against the cap and some dead money. Um, I like the sentiment. This is something in that same article uh, from Bob, Zach, that he broke down. I'm going to find it and pull it up, but what do you think about the prospect of Sutton getting moved after June 1st? I feel like it'd be counterproductive. No offense to you, Albert, but it, you're going to get a, what, a 2024 fourth-round pick for him? They had trouble finding a taker for him this year. Uh, what makes you think they're going to find a taker after June 1st? I would rather have him on the roster. I would rather have a Cortland Sutton than a 2024 fourth-round pick, especially when the Broncos will have more picks in, uh, next year as well. So I, I'm of the mind, if you didn't trade him, you're going to roll with him for the season and give Russell Wilson as many weapons as he needs to succeed. And if Cortland Sutton can even get back to 80% of that pre-injury form, you have a damn good receiver on your hands. So here's what, here's what Bob wrote uh, on the subject after studying it. Quote, it's possible the Broncos could still trade Sutton one thing to keep in mind is that the Broncos would free up more cap space by trading him post-June 1st than before that date. Uh, while players who are cut can be given a post-June 1st designation, Zach, trades cannot be designated as such. The Broncos would free $6.7 million in cap space by trading Sutton before June 1st, but would take an $11.4 million dead money charge. Trading Sutton after June 1st would free up $14.4 million in cap space, with $3.8 in dead money. 
Here's my question, though. What do you need the cap space for? Who are you paying? Who are you getting at that point? Is that really worth it? And then, you know, it, it, the trade-off is getting rid of what was your number one wide receiver who can still be a force as a possession guy for Russell Wilson. I would maybe – we'll never know how to pronounce your name. We're going to call you uh, Nathan, and double N. But contract restructure, I think, is way more realistic if he agrees to it than outright trading him for a mid-round draft pick. Nathan? Nathan? Beats like me. That. I'm trying to figure it figure it out. Uh, similar to my middle name, although yours is definitely more creative. All right, I want to grab this one, and then we're going to probably wind it down, guys. From Daniel Yost, who do we think is going to be the starter, Zach, at running back week Pure. one? Uh, Daniel, thank you, bud, for being with us on YouTube. It's going to be Samaje P. Ryan, unless. Javante Williams has just the most rapid-fire summer recovery of all time. you got to remember, guys, with Javante, it wasn't just, you know, not to minimize a torn ACL, because torn ACL, it's, it's, it's no walk in the park, but it wasn't just a torn single ligament. He tore multiple ligaments in his knee, and there was other weird stuff. I'm trying to remember with that injury. Was it the joint or something gnarly, dude? Not to slam the door on his career, but it's definitely like a the type of injury that you suffer that in 1994, you're done probably for your career. So it's sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. That's why Samaj P. Ryan, Zach, is, would be my no-brain pick for who's the first guy to carry the ball in 2023 for this team. It's, it's P. Ryan. It wasn't just an ACL, which are fairly commonplace nowadays. And you can come back from in like six months. It was the ACL, I think it was MCL or PCL, and the posterior corner, lateral corner, some ligament like that. It's a really bad injury. And I'll say this, even if Pookie is medically cleared by week one, I'm probably slow playing him until midseason at minimum. If he comes back too soon and you risk re-aggravation, that could be a career ender for someone that runs like Pookie does. You sign P. Ryan for a reason. P. Ryan signed with the Broncos for a reason. That's your week one starter. Uh, Troy bringing up a, a solid point about the cap space you would create by trading Cortland Sutton post June 1st. You're going to need cap space to roll over for 2024 in case Wilson does not do well again this year and the Broncos got to move on from him. I need some cushion there. So you're already like preemptively deciding that Russell Wilson will not do well instead of actually hoping that he would. And if you take away one of his receivers, you're actually adding to the cause of why he wouldn't do well. You can get rid of other players. You can get rid of Garrett Bowles. You can get rid of Justin Simmons if they have bad years. I don't understand the need to trade Sutton just for the sake of trading him. Let's see how he does with better coaching and quarterback play. Well said. Phil, you guys think DJ Jones is going to play defensive end and Mike Purcell starts at nose tackle? Doesn't that leave a weak spot across from Allen? Maybe Matt Henningsen, Zach Allen. Um, I think it's going to be DJ Jones as the nose, Purcell as one of the uh, DNs, um, which in the Vance Joseph scheme is your, it's a defensive tackle basically, but um yeah, it's going to be and 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 Allen is the other starter, so that would be your starting trio, um, because it's three down linemen. It's a three-four scheme. So defensive line would be, yes, just like you said, just one one reversal, Purcell and Allen as the ends, and uh, DJ Jones as 
the the uh, nose tackle, and then you know Randy Gregory probably Baron Browning as the two outside rush linebackers. He likes to run, run a lot of under, um, so it looks very four three when you're just watching it on TV. It looks like they're running a four three, but to the spirit of what you're getting at here, Phil, who is the next guy that can step up? Is it Henningsen? Is it Wazarike? What do you think, Zach? I said on last night's pod, I had a feeling that the player that would improve the most from last year to this year would be a Wazarike. Just have a feeling, good feeling about him that he can be the next interior force. But I also said a couple weeks ago, the Broncos have a couple tricks left up their sleeve, I feel, at running back and defensive line. I don't think they're done there, Chad. I think by week one, you will see a new addition on the team that's not currently there. Mark, I'm going to read your super chat. I'm not going to flash it because I don't want to get in trouble with YouTube Algobots. It has a a red line word in it that we won't say, we can't say. But he says, quote, and thank you, Mark, for the super chat, big dog. Sorry, off topic, but that punter, Matt Areza, that Buffalo signed and then cut because of a reported uh, sexual assault. Sexual, yeah, I mean, but good enough, I guess. Turned out to be BS. He lost his gig because of a lie. How terrible. That's unfortunate. I don't know much about that situation, Zach, but Mark, thank you for the super chat, man. Yeah, he was cut right away because uh, teams are so front-facing and they have to have their PR image pretty on point, but the facts weren't out yet, and the facts came out that cleared uh, a razor of that incident, and uh, I believe he took a job at, in like some random league, but he was a hell of a punter both in college and in preseason for Buffalo last year. I don't know what else to say. You know, he's not with the Broncos, and uh, it's an unfortunate incident that his career got derailed because of that. I th am reminded of, once again, Alexander Johnson, who was acquitted of a similar charge, only yeah. he faced charges, actual right. charges in court, derailed his uh, NFL career, and to this day, I'm sure cost him many millions. He was expected to be, you know, a top 100 projected anyway at Tennessee to be a, a top 100 draft pick ended up of course not going drafted because he was tied up with with uh, the law and by the time he was acquitted of that um, he was signed as a college free agent by the Broncos circa what was it Zach's 2018 yeah 17 or yeah 18 well 19 is when he he had his yeah 18 exactly so it sucks when that, that stuff happens, man. It sucks. Yeah, Scott pointed out that uh, Reza had a sign with a Mexican football team. I believe that's American football, not soccer, but he didn't play. And that's he went from being a superstar punter potentially to not playing in a Mexican league. Kind of as an aside, but also related, I realized a couple days ago the Broncos signed Riley Dixon back. They have <laughs> what should be an upgrade at punter uh, considering what they tried out the last couple of years. So I think they're pretty well off there, Chad. With that being said, shall we uh, yeah, go through our really. matters of business? Don't leave quite yet, guys. A couple messages for you. That was another fantastic episode of the MHH Pod. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking, we always are rocking, talking about, go to MHHmerch.com and get your swag on. If you haven't as well, if you're on Facebook, there you go. Get one of those right now. Available now. Facebook.com slash Pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you're on Instagram, follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle. 
If you're on Apple Podcasts, be sure you're leaving your football pre-save five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, please, guys and gals, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen to that. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars and supporters throwing down tonight and helping us keep the lights on here at MHH. Tonight, starting with Sam Bam was the first one, David McElrath, Rock Chalk Broncos, Lady D really going above and beyond, Deanna Hendry, Gary Palmer, the reigning uh, raffle winner of a Broncos jersey from April, Flazify, Munchmaster, again a newer name, welcome, uh, Taylor Christensen, OG, Mark Hoynack, thank you guys. Really love and appreciate each and every one of you. And then on Facebook, we got to tip our caps to the great Michael Ronquillo, to Phil McLaughlin. And if this will uh, update for me here so I can see it. Uh, Mike Reno, great news once again. So stoked for you and your wife. Colby C. Collier, George Fox, Marcus Lewis Henna across the pond. Much love and respect, you guys. Can't wait to see you on Thursday. See you on schedule release day. Have a great start to your week. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.